0: and welcome. Thanks for tuning in to another episode on iMaster Health. I'm Dr. Janelle Jelena. I hold a PhD in clinical cardiopulmonary exercise physiology from the University of British Columbia. I'm also a certified clinical exercise physiologist through the American College of Sports Medicine. In today's episode, we are going to talk about a common respiratory condition called bronchiectasis. This episode will be broken down into three sections. First, We will start by defining what bronchiectasis is, common causes, its prevalence in the general population, and how it's diagnosed. Then we will discuss the main signs and symptoms of this lung condition, and also talk through some basic strategies that you can do to help lessen your symptoms. And finally, we will discuss why it's important to keep moving and be physically active, and the benefits of exercise for people living with bronchiectasis. We've lots to cover, so let's get started. Section one, what is bronchiectasis? Bronchiectasis is a chronic lung condition that is defined by abnormal, irreversible dilation or widening of the airways, which are also called bronchi. Bronchiectasis develops due to a repeated cycle of infection and inflammation. The first stage is an initial infection caused by a microorganism, which could be a bacteria, virus, or fungus. The microorganism triggers the release of toxins and an inflammatory response within the airways. This inflammatory response is normal and includes the release of immune cells that migrate into the airway walls to help fight the foreign invader. As part of this process, your airways also produce mucus. Mucus is a normal secretion that helps to remove inhaled dust, bacteria, and other small particles. The issue is that when there are lots of immune cells triggered, they can alter the function of the cilia. Now cilia are tiny hair-like projections that line the walls of the bronchi and help to move microbes and other debris up and out of the lungs. When the cilia become less efficient, mucus can't be cleared from the airways, creating an ideal environment in which bacteria can grow. This can also lead to the creation of a mucus plug that creates an obstruction or blockage to normal airflow in the airways. If an infection does happen, An intense inflammatory response is triggered that encourages even more immune cells to migrate into the airway walls, and the cycle of infection and inflammation continues. Now, the bronchi are made up of elastic and muscular tissues that help to keep the airways rigid and open. When the cycle of infection and inflammation occurs over a prolonged period as a result of serious recurrent infections, This can cause damage to the cartilage and other supporting structures of the airways. Over time, this damage can lead to the permanent dilation or widening of the bronchi that is characteristic of bronchiectasis. So what causes bronchiectasis? There are many different factors that can contribute to the development of bronchiectasis. This can include severe lung infections, such as pneumonia or viral infections, such as tuberculosis or adenovirus, Bronchiectasis can also be caused by immunodeficiency disorders or autoimmune disorders, such as sarcoidosis or Crohn's disease. There are also some inherent cilia disorders that can cause bronchiectasis, and in these conditions, the cilia just don't function optimally to begin with. Bronchiectasis can also occur as a secondary complication of other lung conditions, such as COPD or interstitial lung disease. Interestingly, however, approximately 50% of bronchiectasis cases in adults are idiopathic, which means that there's actually no known cause. Along with COPD and asthma, bronchiectasis is considered one of the three most common chronic inflammatory airway diseases. But despite it being a common lung condition, exact data on how common it is in the population are yet to be fully determined. However, within Europe and North America, The prevalence of bronchiectasis has been estimated to range from about 100 to 500 per 100,000 individuals. The biggest cost associated with bronchiectasis is hospitalizations that result from the recurrent lung infections. So strategies that reduce the occurrence of infections and hospitalizations are key for reducing the economic burden of bronchiectasis on the healthcare system. How is bronchiectasis diagnosed? Bronchiectasis is diagnosed clinically based on symptom history and the results from multiple medical assessments. This includes imaging, such as computed tomography, which is more commonly known as a CT scan, um, X-rays or MRI scans. Now, these imaging assessments showed structural changes of the lungs and the dilation of the airways. A mucus or sputum sample is also often taken to test for the specific types of bacteria that are present within the airways. And this is very important as it will help to determine which types of medications will be most effective in treating bronchiectasis. In patients who can't easily produce a mucus sample, a bronchoscopy may be performed to look at the airways internally and to take a bronchoalveolar lavage sample. A blood test may also be used to see if there is an active infection and or if there are low levels of certain infection fighting blood cells. Now, in addition to these, patients will usually also undergo a pulmonary function test which involves performing different breathing maneuvers while breathing into a mouthpiece and tubing that's attached to a machine. And sometimes this test is performed while sitting in a clear box that looks like a telephone booth and it is usually instructed by a registered respiratory therapist. Expiratory flow limitation which refers to a reduced ability to breathe air out of the lungs, is seen in patients with moderate to severe bronchiectasis. And because of this expiratory flow limitation, patients sometimes also experience hyperinflation, which is a trapping of air within the lungs. Now, hyperinflation can happen at rest, in which case it usually develops slowly over time. However, it can also happen temporarily over a shorter period of time, such as during exercise, when the demands on the lungs are higher and breathing levels are increased. Section two, signs and symptoms. The two most common symptoms of bronchiectasis are chronic cough and daily production of mucus that is typically yellow or green in color. Other symptoms can include shortness of breath, which is also called dyspnea, especially during a flare-up, a wheeze or whistling sound when breathing, coughing of blood or a mix of blood and mucus, feeling fatigued or constantly run down and tired, and or clubbing in which the skin under your nails becomes thick causing your nails to curve downwards. It's important to talk to your doctor if your symptoms are not improving with treatment or getting worse. Despite taking medications and maintaining a healthy lifestyle, a flare up or exacerbation may occur. This often happens because of a new respiratory infection or overgrowth of bacteria. During a flare-up, symptoms become worse than the usual day-to-day variation and persist for several days. If you notice an increase in mucus production that is bloody or a different color than normal, if you feel like you can't catch your breath, have a fever, have excess fatigue, or experience weight loss, it is critical that you seek immediate medical attention to help manage your condition appropriately. Strategies that help symptoms. The main goal of treatment for bronchiectasis is to prevent infections and flare-ups. This is done through a combination of medications, using various mucus clearing techniques, and making beneficial lifestyle changes to effectively manage symptoms and reduce the risk of a flare-up. Antibiotics are the most common medications prescribed for bronchiectasis to help treat and manage infections. Certain types of antibiotics also help to reduce inflammation within the airways and lungs. Mucus thinning medications, called mucolytics, are also commonly prescribed to patients to help cough up and get rid of mucus. These medications are sometimes given through a nebulizer, which is a device that mixes the medication with a saline solution and turns it into a mist so that the medication can be inhaled deep into the lungs. Sometimes, bronchodilators and inhaled corticosteroids are prescribed in a puffer but only on an individual basis as they may only be beneficial for certain patients depending on if they have another coexisting condition like asthma or COPD. In addition to medications, another important treatment for bronchiectasis is the use of airway clearance techniques. These techniques help to break up mucus so that it's easier to cough up and expel. These techniques include the forced expiratory technique which is also called huffing. During this breathing maneuver, Patients are instructed to take a small, medium, and then a large breath in and to breathe out with a mild to moderate force with an extended expiration with an open glottis. Now, the glottis is a valve of tissue that sits over the opening of the airways, and it controls airflow in and out of the airways and lungs. It's important to keep the glottis open during expiration to help facilitate the movement of mucus from the smaller peripheral airways into the medium-sized airways and then up to the mouth. A trained respiratory therapist or physiotherapist can help coach you through the appropriate technique to huff properly. Another common technique used to help loosen mucus is called oscillating positive expiratory pressure. For this, you breathe through a small handheld device. You breathe out through a mouthpiece that is connected to a small ball on the other end of the device. The ball provides a small resistance that you need to breathe against during expiration. And this extra resistance actually causes the airways to vibrate, which helps to loosen mucus. Chest physiotherapy and postural drainage is another technique that can be performed at home to help with mucus clearance. This involves sitting in different body positions and gently clapping parts of the chest and back with a cupped hand to help loosen mucus from the lungs. This technique usually requires help from a partner. Again, talk to your doctor or trained respiratory therapist or physiotherapist who can instruct you on the proper technique. In addition to being diligent about taking medications and performing mucus clearance techniques daily, there are other important lifestyle changes that you can make to help manage your symptoms. Quitting smoking is the single most important thing you can do to prevent your condition from worsening and for living a healthier and longer life. If you are currently smoking, talk to your doctor about the many options available to help you stop smoking. Making sure to avoid secondhand smoke and other toxic fumes is also key to help protecting your lungs. Stay hydrated and drink plenty of water throughout the day to help thin out mucus and make it easier to expel and prevent mucus buildup within your lungs. Staying up-to-date on vaccinations will help to keep your immune system strong and prevent serious illness. And developing a flare-up or exacerbation plan with your doctor and healthcare team is also important so that you know the steps to take if you were feeling like you were getting a lung infection. The sooner you can start the proper treatment and nip the flare-up in the bud, the less severe the flare-up is likely to be and the better the outcome. And finally, One of the most important and effective treatments for reducing shortness of breath and increasing quality of life for individuals living with bronchiectasis is exercise. So congratulations for starting your exercise journey and taking control of your condition with iMaster Health and its tailored exercise programs. Bronchiectasis is a long-term condition that needs to be managed over many years. You should work closely with your doctor to determine healthy habits that will limit flare-ups. Section three. The benefits of exercise and bronchiectasis. The main benefits of exercise training in patients with bronchiectasis are improved exercise capacity, reduced symptoms such as cough, shortness of breath and fatigue, improved quality of life, and possibly a reduction in the amount and severity of flare-ups. For some individuals, exercise may also help in clearing mucus secretions. Although the effects of exercise are not as well studied in bronchiectasis as compared to some other respiratory conditions, regularly participating in exercise has many benefits and is highly recommended for individuals with bronchiectasis. Regular exercise helps to make the cardiovascular system, which is your heart and blood vessels, and skeletal muscles stronger and more efficient, despite having a minimal effect on the lungs themselves. These beneficial adaptations to exercise increase your fitness level, and reduce the amount of work your lungs have to do. This means your lungs don't have to work as hard and you will be able to do more without feeling as short of breath. Because of this, exercise is one of the most important things you can do to improve shortness of breath and increase your quality of life. In addition to reducing shortness of breath, exercise also results in numerous other health benefits, which include improved sleep, increased energy levels, improved bodily functions, increased self-esteem and independence, and reduced anxiety and depression. There is also evidence from research studies that exercise training may reduce the rate of flare-ups in bronchiectasis, but more research studies are needed to confirm these findings. When starting an exercise routine, start with what is doable for you and slowly progress your routine to meet your goals. A well-rounded exercise routine includes aerobic training that targets your heart and blood vessels, resistance training that increases the strength of your muscles, balance, and stretching. The iMaster Health Program will help tailor your exercise routine to meet your specific needs and goals. Okay, let's recap what we learned in this episode. In section one, we learned that bronchiectasis is a common respiratory condition And although there are many different causes of bronchiectasis, it ultimately develops due to a repeated cycle of lung infection and inflammation. This cycle damages the airways causing them to widen or dilate and impairs cilia function, which makes getting rid of mucus hard, which also predisposes the lungs to further infection. We also learned that a pulmonary function test CT or imaging scan and mucus sample are the most common clinical tests done to assess for bronchiectasis and are important as they help to guide which medications will be effective in treating this condition between individuals. In section two, we talked about how a chronic cough and mucus production are the common symptoms of bronchiectasis. We also talked about the importance of taking your medications daily, as well as using different airway clearance techniques to help remove mucus. We also explored some lifestyle strategies to help manage symptoms, which included avoiding smoke and other toxic chemicals, making sure to stay hydrated, staying up to date on vaccinations, having an exacerbation plan, and finally, having a consistent exercise routine. In section three, we discussed why it's important to keep moving and the many benefits of exercise for individuals living with bronchiectasis. By joining iMaster Health, you have already taken the most important step to taking control of your health, which is to get started. So congratulations. Well, this concludes another episode on iMaster Health. I'm Dr. Janelle. Thanks again for tuning in. Take care.